Welcome to Getting to Nimble. I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. And I'm Bill Smoots, a pastor. Join us on the first and third Tuesdays as we explore how to survive and thrive in the 21st century church. Today, we are talking about advanced degrees, which Bill and I both have, and why or why not you should do them. I think there are a lot of pros and cons here. And if our audio sounds different, once again, we are back together in the same place, but in a different location. Bill has just recently started working at a new church, and we are experimenting with different locations. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. See yeah, how yeah. It goes. So, so I have primarily been a pastor in Presbyterian congregations. That's my heritage. In recent years, I have moved from a called installed type service to a church to interim service. And, and so I am a month into a new serving a new interim congregation. Using all all that nimbleness. That's right. <laughs> well, I, my, to drink from the fire hose. These intentional interim congregations have all been churches that have that are or have recently experienced conflict. And mm. so nimbleness yeah. has been uh, a oh, key. I bet. You got to keep yeah. moving. If if you stop moving, you got a target on your back. Mm-hmm. No, it's not that bad. You know, but. in a way, it's it's good that you've now been in three churches that have experienced conflict because if you just talk about something related to conflict, you're in no way targeting any church that right, any one right, particular right. church. No. It's, it's kind of how I sometimes like make comments about like committee meetings and then go like, this is all the committee meetings. This isn't any particular. <laughs> <laughs> this is every church I've ever worked in. <laughs> Somebody asked me a couple of days ago if, if churches are populated by the same people. And and I all said, broken, all well, in need well, of Jesus. There's there yes, there's there's that. But I said, I said, oh yeah. I mean, there's the same characters in mm-hmm. each church drama. Uh, they just have different names. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. We should. Ooh, that would be a good episode. The characters in our church drama. <laughs> As the stomach turns. (laughs) Um, So a little bit about me. I have been a church musician all over the denominational spectrum, mainline, evangelical, Catholic. I have probably worked there. Um, So let's talk about advanced degrees. Uh, I have a couple of master's degrees both in music. Uh, Well, no, one one is in music, one is a master's of arts, and I have a PhD. And Bill, you also have multiple degrees. Well, I, I have the master's of divinity. Uh, which is a three-year master's program, and then a doctor of ministry, which is advanced beyond the master's, but not doesn't equate to a PhD. We don't have language requirements. Mm. That's mm. that's the the biggest piece. If you work on an in a doctor of ministry full time, how long of a degree program is that? It's it's two years of coursework plus writing time okay. for a thesis, at least in the program I went through. Yeah. There there are different seminaries have different programs and, and some of them require more more intentional yeah. class time. Some are cohort based and you're 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 meeting with cohorts and having a two week intensive class or a one week intensive class. So you can do that while you're also, you know, being a pastor. Correct. Correct. I did mine at a seminary where I was in town mm-hmm. and so I could go over once a week and do classes. That's nice. And then when I moved away, before I'd finished the classwork, I would come back and do a month long intensive or they would do a class in two weeks, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that actually kind of reminds me of a DMA, a Doctor of Musical Arts, which if I had um, done a degree in performance, that's what I would have done. And it's like two years of coursework and then 
a document, lecture recitals, whatever, kind of specific to the field that you work in. Correct. It was described to me as a professional degree for ministry mm -hmm. yeah, a professional of, degree. of just yeah. trying to you know, give yourself more skills or bandwidth in your particular field, mm -hmm. in this case, ministry. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting that you compare it to a PhD because, like, you know, I know people are like, oh, I did a PhD in Old Testament. And it seems like, you know, the in many ways, like, the content you're covering could be really similar, but the purpose is significantly Very different. Very different. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, in in the, the D-Men, the focus is really on the congregation, you you in the context of a church, not a particular congregation, but but how can can what you do academically um, help you bring more to bear in your profession, in, in your service to particular congregations? And versus, I, I think my my perception of a PhD is your knowledge is more for the global good, mm -hmm. um, and and not just so specifically. Um, a for the for a particular field. Yeah, and if you are being trained with a particular profession in mind, that profession is academia almost exclusively. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At least in, in my experience, it's like this is the expectation. Not that again, in my experience, not that you're explicitly trained for that um, in most settings, which is uh, you know one of the many problems with academia. But at the same time, like that's the expectation that if you're in this program and you're willing to put the time and the money in it, into it. It's because you want to teach in an academic setting, or you want to research in an academic right, setting. Right, right. So, so I think the the kind of the question hanging out there is why? Yeah, right. Why? Why, why did, <laughs> did we this do, do these any degrees? Good? Yeah. What? What? What was was it worthwhile? Was it not? Um, and I think we answer that each differently. Would oh, you very like to go first? Sure, sure. So I started my PhD not planning working on working full time in the church. I. Um, was planning on an academic career. I was planning on being a university professor. Good luck to me. That's a very difficult um, career path. It's very difficult to get a good full-time job in that field. But, you know, I, I was going to a good school and I had a, at least a reasonable expectation of that. Um, about midway through my program, though, I started dating my now husband, who is a physician. And at the time, he was just starting medical school. And, you know, eventually things got pretty serious with us. You know, we're we're now, you know, full-fledged family, all that good stuff. And I realized if I wanted to live in the same city as him, I was not going to be able to do an academic job. Academic jobs where you aren't able to move are almost exclusively adjunct, which from a financial perspective, you're literally better working off at Starbucks because at least you get benefits. Um, I'm not exaggerating. No, you're not. And so for me, as I was deciding, do I finish this PhD? And two, what do I do with my life that... Uh, you know, that doesn't uh, involve being a full-time college professor. You came up with the idea of working for the church. What? I know, right? Sarah, I need to talk to you about your choices. <laughs> we'll do that afterwards. Okay, right. okay. So, but this is, this, is, uh, this, is the, this is the truth. I had been working part-time in churches since I was 11. Um, this is now my 21st year of doing this. And I had really, I enjoyed this. And for a while, when I was an undergrad, I majored in organ performance. And I thought, oh, I'll be a church music director or something like that and then you know kind of pivoted towards academic academic music pursuits and I, I oh my goodness I did so much soul searching just a ridiculous amount but it completely necessary I was like did the whole like um you know what colors your parachute which by the way is a really good book I thought it was going to be dumb that was an excellent book for me to work through and I just did a lot of soul searching lots of list making 
what what do I actually enjoy doing? What do I want my daily life to be like? What do I where do I want to live? What's actually important for me? Like that that huge amount of thinking that hopefully all of us do when we think about jobs. I realize most of us don't actually, but that's the kind of thinking I think most people should do. This is uniquely you, Sarah. <clears throat> Well, but, and but, and I, I value it and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Nobody takes on an issue like you and, and researches it. <laughs> also, this would this go back to that academic training. <laughs> but for real, I mean, a lot of this was like straight up What Colors Your Parachute, which is, you know, the best selling book on, you know, finding your career path and um, incredibly useful for me. And, you know, when I was doing all this research, I was like, okay, you know, should I work in nonprofits? I, you know, I have the skill set to be like, um, you know, work up my way to like executive director of a nonprofit. I could have gone into fundraising. I could have worked for NGOs. I mean, with a PhD kind of background, there's an incredible amount of um, things that you are qualified to do as long as you're willing to work uh, your way up. You can't start at a high level, but you have such a strong skill set that, um, you know, you can go into a lot of different fields. And the more I got into it, the more I really thought about what do I really want in life? Um, Besides the whole, like, I want to live in the same city as my husband. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Silly you. I know, right? (laughs) Um, once I got past that point, like what I really wanted to do was write books specifically. And I wanted to do something with faith and I wanted to do something with music. Well, I always thought, well, I could do that in academia because I, I worked on music and theology and you get paid to write books. And well, okay, that wasn't gonna work out. So guess what I'm doing now? I... Um, have a spend a higher percentage of my time doing more music performance types of things. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm writing a book right now and I do music and faith. Like that is literally what I get paid to do. And so for me, it's worked out really fortunately. And because I had been doing part-time work all along, it wasn't such a hard switch for me. But the reason, getting specifically into this advanced degree thing, the reason I finished my PhD was because I had good funding and I was getting paid to learn how to write a book, which is another way of saying I was getting paid to increase my research skills and my writing skills, and that was really important for me. So I wanted to continue that, and I wanted to finish the program. Since finishing, I've realized a lot lot of things about why this was useful for me in my work in the church. Like, I mean, to, to state the obvious, I don't think anyone working in a church should just go get a PhD for the heck of it. Like, don't put yourself through that. Oh, <laughs> that was for my plans for next summer. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, again, we should have a conversation about your life choices. <laughs> so I, I, I in no way would rec- recommend this. It's just like a, a fun thing to do. But having done that, it has added so much, enriched so much of the work that I do, especially in that research and writing skill skill set. Um, it's incredible how much it adds. And, you know, I realized like the whole like writing a book is in no way um, a necessary or even important part of working as a minister of music in a church. That's not the number one thing. Like, you, you know, you need to be able to direct a choir um, and also be nice to people, <laughs> have some good people skills. Um, that's a whole nother thing. But um, it's also added, and it, just besides like the whole skill set thing, which a PhD as really strengthens a lot of skills that um, a lot of in- intellectual skills that, that you can acquire and strengthen. Besides that, it's also done a lot for me socially, and I see this sometimes because, you know, I'm not in a PhD program now. I'm not in an academic setting. I'll introduce myself as like, oh, I'm the minister of music, blah, 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 church, and people are like, uh, okay, whereas before, if I'm like, oh, I'm a PhD student, blah, blah, 
people are like, oh, she must be smart. Oh, she must be worthwhile talking to. And that's so superficial. But it is really nice to be Dr. Parisa. And I'm a, you guys can't see me, but I'm a young woman. I have long blonde hair. People don't look at me and think, oh, what a smart looking person. I don't look like an old dude in a tweed suit. I don't look like a professor, right? And at least that stereotype of it. And so being Dr. Parisa. You forgot the pipe. I know, right? <laughs> no pipes. Bad for you guys. Don't do it. But but for real, like it, it helps me a lot. And I, I work in academic settings in the sense of like I work at a church that's on the campus of a university. And I've, I've worked in other churches that were very... You know, I remember one choir where I was still working on my PhD, and I was like, well, I'm like the least educated person here. Because <laughs> I only have master's degrees. <laughs> but it gives you credibility. And oh, I think a huge in, amount of In your crediting. choir now where some of your volunteers mm-hmm. are. Quite, many of my know, volunteers are university professors. University professors, mm-hmm. deans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, yeah. it gives it you some adds, chops with yeah, them. Yeah, it really, it really does. And again, I don't think anyone who is contemplating an advanced degree should be like, Oh, the reason I should put myself through the hell that is a PhD is so that people will respect me more. <laughs> like <laughs> again, bad idea. But it's been incredibly useful for me, um, even in applying for jobs. You know, the job that I have right now to um, position myself as literally an expert in my field. Um, it's it's incredibly incredibly useful. And and you know, I would think people at the church would say proudly, "Oh." Our our organist choir director is Dr. Barisa, mm-hmm. um, and it's a PhD, not a, a doctor of arts, which is right. which is different. Yeah, that, that means a lot to them. And I wonder if if there's something similar for pastors, where it's like, oh, the Reverend Dr. Bill Smoots is different from Reverend Bill Smoots, like like uh, in in terms of oh, that, like when people are looking at your doubt. resume, without a doubt. Yeah, again, I don't think that's the reason to get a PhD in particular because it's it's hell. But uh, you know, once you have it, it's really nice. One one of the things that I, I heard about college when I was in college is that part of the value is it teaches you a way to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that was my And experience. I think that, that would it be wrong to say that a, a master's program or a Ph.D. program just continues that? It, it teaches you more fully how to think, more fully how to communicate uh, with other people uh, besides the specificity of your field mm-hmm. uh, and the depth of knowledge mm-hmm. in that field, that you're really learning how to convey information, convey mm-hmm. ideas and, in more significant ways. And to ways. get that information in the first place. Not only are you in a PhD program are you trained to find information, you're also trained to create the new information. Like you are literally creating the new information, the okay. new expertise in that area, and you're synthesizing all of that, all of that knowledge and then, and this is the hard part, I think, for intellectuals, then you are uh, translating that in a way that people, communicating that in a way that people can understand. Um, Ooh, nice, I know, nice right? Piece. That's the hard, that's the really hard <laughs> part, which is one reason I do podcasts. She said what? You know, right? <laughs> um, because I think that there's so much great information out there, and academic books are incredibly difficult to read if you're not trained how to read them. They're not particularly difficult to read, by and large, if you're trained to read it, but most people aren't. And... So I feel like for me, like doing this podcast, doing the podcast that I do on um, uh, music and theology, that is a way for me to to do that kind of like, here's this huge amount of information. I can help disseminate this information in a way that's useful to other people. But, you know, that still isn't about like, you know, why should you do an advanced degree? Right. So, I mean, sort of, because like, you know, it's a good thing to be able to think well. It is. It is. It, it's valuable, I think, wherever you are. And, and. In, in the church where most of our work is communication, 
I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the, the better we can communicate ideas and concepts and cast vision and, and even speak to the idea of leadership, I think the better off we are. I think some of this is about learning how to think in multiple ways because, you know, if I'm thinking of like a typical high school student or even a, a undergrad student, maybe they're very smart, but they very often think like this is the way to think. This is the way to, in, this is the way to interpret Jane Eyre. This is the way, you know, because this is the way that my teacher in high school taught me or something. This is the, the way to do it. And, uh, you know, I, ho- I hope we all understand there are multiple ways to understand most things in the world, right? There are multiple ways to interpret. And uh, in a way, a PhD is like a glorified, like learning multiple ways. And in terms of understanding people and understanding people's experiences, that's huge. To, to realize that pe- people experience the same thing differently? You understand polyvalence. Whoa, yeah, big there words. you go. Big word, big word warning. Um, so so let, let me talk a, a, a bit yes. about why I chose to do a doctor of ministry. Um, some of it was just academic curiosity. I, I enjoy academics, but I knew that a PhD was not in my future because I'm horrible at languages. And, it took and, me a long time to pass my language yeah, <laughs> and, languages and, exams. You know, a two-foreign language requirement, <laughs> uh, I would have been dead. Uh, so, so I knew that wasn't the, the direction for me. But it, it, it helped me uh, explore an issue that I thought was really important further. And, and most DMIN programs, doctor of ministry programs, have they, they want you to have some experience in the church before you do this professional degree to focus a little bit more. And, and so I think I, they wanted five years out. And, and I was maybe seven or eight years before I started in. That but, makes so much sense. Oh, it do does. That. It does. I, I wouldn't have had anything to, to say two years in, I don't think, or, or any questions that were worthwhile exploring. But, but the degree helped me explore... Uh, an issue of significant significance for me for that for in my case it was to understand from a theological perspective the role of an associate pastor more intentionally in Presbyterian polity and governance uh, and theology of ministry. Can we just talk about like how wild that is? Like in Presbyterian polity, there isn't the role of assistant pastor, except oh wait, there is. <laughs> well. It, it all goes back to our good old friend John Calvin, uh, who hey somewhere in the institutes has this line about, you know, there should only be one pastor for one church because where two or more together, uh, they'll get themselves in trouble. Is the essence of of the quote, and and so our our theology of ministry is built on one pastor for one church, and so our our polity is built on one pastor. And like your theology of church. power, like power structures. <laughs> oh, like, why, why would we talk about theology like one... of power and yeah, things right? like that? Yeah. Uh, so anyway. the, the, other, the other reason I pursued this degree was because I knew that the kinds of churches that I was interested in ultimately serving as, as a senior minister, head of staff, um, would, would give me a better look if I came across as the reverend doctor than just the reverend. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, there are plenty of great pastors that I know that have not done uh, a doctor of ministry or a PhD, and, and they are incredible preachers and very gifted in, in their field. But I knew that I, I was interested in serving churches where they, they might be in a university community um, where, or, or in, in places where 
the doctor title would be would would get a would get another look. I'm wondering, was the very first church you served wasn't that in an academic? Setting? Oh, it was. It yeah. was. Okay. It was. And, and but but I also I grew up in a church that was not in an academic setting. But all of our senior ministers, because it was a large congregation in those days, all had doctors of ministry or PhDs, and and you know we always referred to the pastor as Doctor So and So, and and so I had that model. Um, and and knew I was interested academically in exploring topics further, and also you know I like eating. I like having a a place to Yay, stay. Jobs. Yeah, jobs are good, and 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 jobs that pay well are nice as also. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. those were reasons. Yay, braces that on it, our kids. Yeah, yeah. That kids are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it made Tell sense me. for me to uh, pursue the the doctor of ministry uh, for the kinds of churches I wanted mm-hmm. to serve and. I know that that helped in those job searches where I had that degree. So I'm thinking about like, you know, the old advice giving, why should you do an advanced degree or not? And I'm thinking of, and this happens to me on a semi-regular basis, people will be like, hey, can we have a Skype call? You know, I'm thinking about going to graduate school in musicology or I'm, I'm thinking about doing a PhD. Can we just talk about it? And by and large, I tell people, well, don't do it. Because if, if they want to be a university professor, because the job market is horrible. Um, and, you know, no one, no one should uh, spend years of their, their life doing that um, with such terrible job prospects, given that there are many awesome things to do. But when I talk to people who, are, um, who really are interested in writing, and I'm thinking of a conversation I had just a week ago, well, the person, I was like, you know, so why are you applying to PhD programs? She's like, oh, well, because I really want to research this particular thing and I, and I want to write a book on it and I want to get paid to do that. And I'm like, oh, sounds like a great reason to do a PhD because, you know, that's what you're getting paid to do for if you have a, you know, a stipend. And, of course, if you don't have a stipend, you shouldn't do a PhD. Um, but, like, <laughs> what, what would you say if, if someone, you know, young pastor so-and-so is like, well, I have my MDiv and I'm 30 years old and I'm thinking about doing a doctor of ministry, what would you say? I, I, I would say is it – does it – help your long-term career goals or does it help do you have a personal goal that you just want to you're you're uh, more academically minded and you like exploring and and this is a way to keep your hand in academia or or to to keep your hand in a intellectual uh exercise Mm -hmm. then i would say do it Mm -hmm. um i i think there are other combinations of degrees out there that that might be even more helpful in, in ministry these days. Um, I, I was aware in seminary that I could have uh, done a joint uh, Master's of Divinity, Master's of Social Work degree. Mm. Now, yeah, I didn't see myself serving in the kind of settings where the social work degree would be helpful, but it's a great combination um, and, and would be ultimately useful. There are also places where you can do a joint Master's of Divinity, Master's of Business Administration. Um, and I could make an argument for that. I mean, as a pastor, I'm the the, the daily operational officer of a small not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and business knowledge is helpful. And do we get business knowledge in our training to work in a church? <laughs> no, no, not usually. And, and, and I could even make the case that, that that might have been a more useful degree, even if I was going back years after my Master of Divinity, to go back and be involved in an MBA program even over a DMIN program, doctor mm. of ministry program, yeah. uh, for for the knowledge that that I it it offered, and and there are, 
I don't know if there are fully academic programs like a master's out there, but there are programs that offer certificates mm -hmm. in, in yeah. all sorts of things, spiritual direction, um, uh, certificate in, in financial, uh, how you raise money in, in a not-for-profit. Those are useful furtherances of your educational work. I'm laughing here because I have a certificate in feminist theory. And, and it is the single most remarked upon thing in my resume, like in jobs, job interviews, because I went to a very conservative undergrad degree, and people like, well, like put this delicately. They're like, so um, we noticed you went to this undergrad place, and you you also have a certificate in feminist theory. Could you could you just tell us about that? <laughs> Can you tell us about the 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 the, the rapid change in experiences from one? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Love I love it. But right. but again, that's not a really useful degree in in the way that like. You know, something business related, right? Can right. Be. But but I think those kinds of programs are are valuable as well. And so if we're going to talk mm -hmm. about yeah. advanced degrees, I don't want to just limit ourselves to you mm -hmm. know, in this case, a PhD or an MDiv, um, because I think there are other combinations or other things to think about. Um, I could have, you know, I wish I'd had more experience in marketing. Uh, along the way, as a pastor, He's starting in a marketing class this month. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yep. I get it. Yeah, because I don't. I have no marketing training. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, this is making me think about getting back to that, like back to the basics kind of thing. Of you know, why would you want to do this? And I did not think about this when I was literally 21 years old, starting graduate school. Like you know, I was like, oh, I want to be a college professor. Um, I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what the job pro prospects were. I, you know, none of this. And if I could go back, you know, the one piece of advice I'd give is like, you know, you know, get out your, what color is your parachute kind of book. Like, just think about like, what do you want to do and interview people who are actually doing it and, you know, learn, learn what the options are out there and think about, well, why am I going to put years of my life into this kind of thing? What am I going to get from it at the end? Instead of just jumping into it like, oh, well, this is the next thing. I, I guess this is the next thing. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Or you could just jump into ministry and realize after you left the plane that you don't have a parachute. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that you're in deep trouble. <laughs> oh, that was a little dark, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people, at least, you know, in my experience teaching in at the university level, a lot of these little undergrad babies have had no counseling in terms of like how to think through whether their whether their plans align with what they actually want in life. And I know that's really hard to think about if you're 18, but you know by the time you're 22 or 23 or 24, you really got to you know think about like what is it that you're actually wanting in life and you probably have enough job experience at that point to at least begin to understand um what you want in a job setting and what really doesn't work very well for you. The most useful advice I got as I was thinking about even going for the Masters of Divinity was don't do it unless you can't see yourself doing anything else. Mm, yeah. Unless you're, you're, I feel like that's ministry right there. <laughs> your sense of call is so deep that, that you have to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, because if, if, you, if it's just you want to learn more about religion or the Bible, go take some more coursework somewhere. Mm -hmm. don't, don't invest the time and energy and money and, and get credentialed to be ordained if you're not serious about it. And you're, am I correct in thinking like an MDiv for the most part and DMINs for the most part, those are 
degrees that you're personally paying for, yeah? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, 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 for the Ooh. D-men, you know, you're already serving a church, and so I had a continuing education allowance. And, and I, I hope yours was a lot, is a lot bigger than mine. Well, <laughs> that would not cover graduate MD school programs for me. <laughs> did, or D-men programs didn't cost as much. Oh, okay. okay. You know, they, cause, because they were understood as a professional degree mm. and, and that those working in churches only had so much money, yeah. Yeah. there was... Um, well, that's interesting. Th- there was a little better alignment. I don't know that oh. that still exists. It's been, I, I graduated in 2002, so it's mm. been a while. Just thinking of all the people I know with MDivs who couldn't get a, a scholarship, that, you know, that's a huge, huge financial weight to put on yourself. Um, it is? Yeah. It is. And yeah. and that may, maybe that's, maybe we need to spend some time talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe is, this is a reason to do the PhD because you can get funding because then you teach for them and... You know, <laughs> or 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 part of your conversation with yourself or with family or significant others mm-hmm. is is that you talk about the affordability of this mm-hmm. because it's well, we have found that these degrees can be useful to us. They're not for everybody. Yeah, and and, and if you're thinking about like dollar amount of like I'm going to make more money or whatever, I don't think I actually make more money because I have this degree. No, and it's and and it's not a degree where like I'm thinking you know my husband has a huge amount of student loan debt um, from medical school. Well, he's also going to be a physician. Like, he's a resident physician right now, not making a ton of money. But, you know, eventually he's going to make a lot more money, and he'll be able to pay it off. Whereas, like, you know, if I had accrued tens of thousands or even, I've heard of some people, you know, hundreds <clears throat> of thousands of, of loan debt, like, you know, good luck to You're me. You're never going to pay it off. No, you yeah. know, that's just going to be like like rent. And About the time you retire, life. you will have paid the yeah. interest off, maybe. Yeah, right? And, and have all that principal. Yeah. Mm. It, it's, it's, it, it's not worth locking yourself in in a worse financial situation to do this kind of degree work. So, so there, there are, are there are there, are there other happier words? I mean, I, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. But I, I did it without paying for it. Ah. You know? Ah. I and and I did it when I was, you know, relatively young. I was in my twenties. And when I started, I wasn't um, relationally attached to people. I, I finished with a newborn, um, which <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, that was on purpose, um, but but still, um, you know, I'm really really glad that I did it. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't be doing that in my 30s. If that makes sense. We we had a third child and moved uh, in Ooh. the midst of of my mm-hmm. uh, doing the demon work, and it really did derail me for several years mm-hmm. because there just wasn't the the financial ability or even the time mm. necessarily to get back to where I'd started the degree very easily mm. and so yeah. it, it took a little more time thankfully the institution was very gracious with me in 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 allowing me additional time mm-hmm. they they weren't yeah. strict on the the number of years in it that's good but when I finished I did need to finish it uh-huh. it yeah. was it was uh, definitely yeah. time well sometimes you know you just need that deadline and for me it was that I was going to start paying even I, I paid a little bit um, in my last year of my PhD, and I was going to have to pay even more the next year. And I was like, I am finishing this thing. <laughs> I, I am I am so done. You know what? I, I finished under my department's average time to completion, so I, I was not. That's good. Yeah, it was good. But, you know, that was that was a lot of work. Lot I'm wondering work. if some of our, our, our listeners have thoughts of their own related yeah. to this. Yeah. Uh, what what have you Student done? Student loan or... debt. Yay. Yeah. Oh, well, well, sorry, but, guys. But, but have you done an additional degree? Or two, uh, and 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 or have you chosen not to? What good has it ever done you? <laughs> now, Sarah, <laughs> we're trying to be more positive. No, here. I'm 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 really glad I did a PhD. Like I am 
one of the proudest things I've done in my life, and it's been a huge, you know, I'm working on a book right now, and I use this skill set all the time. And you've got a time. great hood and a funky hat. No, I didn't even go you to my graduation. Buy, oh, you didn't buy No, this. no, oh. that was that was a money thing. I wanted to go to England that summer for a conference because academia. I wanted to go to this fantastic conference, and I couldn't do that and go to my graduation. So I chose to go to the conference. See, I think, you, I think you need to find time to buy the yeah, hood and hat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just... The hats are so cool. And, you know, if I ever work in an Episcopal church, I'll get the hood and yeah. I'll, I'll wear it during Evensong. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I bought the hood for my nice. for my doctor of ministry. Really we, well, you didn't get hats oh, for a doctor of ministry. Oh, okay. But I bought the hood and I've used it exactly once. Oh, yeah. I, I was invited to do the baccalaureate at my undergrad college. Mm, cool. And, and, and I had to process in with the faculty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wore my hood and I thought it, I blended in nicely. You know, I um I did the hooding for my husband when he um got his MD, and they they had it so you could just rent them, and so it was like oh, nice. fifty bucks, seventy five bucks. Nice. So I was you know decked out with everybody else, and like everybody had rented something except for the couple of university yeah. professors. So you know, you're not going to. But use yeah, them I got to times. hood someone. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I keep hoping I'll get to wear it again. Oh yeah. Of course, I'll have to find it. But uh, I was gonna say one one of these days, one of your kids is gonna gonna get a doctor, or your grandkids or something. I know you'll get to. Or happen. they'll need a ha- Halloween costume. <laughs> or a Halloween costume. So <laughs> now there's a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have a read of the week, or either of us at that point? Well, I have a read of the week, but it's entirely entirely different. You guys are gonna think I'm crazy. No, um, we never think you're crazy. I have, to, Sarah. I, have to look, I have to look this up. So here is my completely not related to church book of the week. My read of the week. It is how not to diet. <laughs> The Groundbreaking Science of Healthy Permanent Weight Loss, and it's by Dr. Michael Greger. And this is a massive tome of a book, and 50% of the book is footnotes. Like, literally, I got to like 52% in my Kindle, and I was like, you're done, because the rest is notes. And I read it like it was a novel. Like, I was like, I have to find out what's coming next. What is the research? Okay, so speaking of PhD stuff, I'm like, what does the research say about salt? What does the research say about vegetables? You know, like, I literally, like, I I was like, oh, you know, I have to to do whatever work, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's a Friday morning. I'm going to just, like, read this for three hours because I have to finish it. Um, So if you're at all into that kind of a thing, how not to diet is a a really eye-opening eye-opening read. I can see that being very popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Justification for you're not dieting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's basically recommended a very different right. kind of that diet. You be, but that you be healthy. I but, get but, that. But he also is not selling any supplements, and he donates all the profits to charity, so I trust him more than most okay. diet books. That's, that's good. I mean, that's, that's a huge one, you know. It doesn't have a surreptitious, like, oh, and for some, you know, 70 bucks every month, I'll send you these supplements. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Or, or, or for a hundred whatever a week, we'll send you the food. Yeah, yeah, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, there, there it is. Good. That's it for this week's installment of Getting to Nimble. Look for new episodes on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. And you can find the show notes for this episode at sarah-beliza.com, where you can also get in touch with us. There's a contact form on that page. You know, it really should be Dr. Sarah Bariza. <laughs> well, you know. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just headset. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with your ministry friends and buddies and review the show wherever you listen to a podcast. And we would love your feedback or your comments. Um, if you've got things you'd like us to talk about in the future, uh, we're always open to your ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm Sarah Bariza. Wait, I'm Dr. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the Reverend Dr. William Smith.
Until next time, keep it nimble. <laughs>